Hi, and welcome to That's Ruddy Mysterious, a podcast of short tales about true mysteries. What happened to the Flannan Isles Lightkeepers? Who was responsible for the Gardner Museum heist? I'm not going to solve those mysteries, but they'll be interesting to learn about. I'm your host, Kelly with an I. Transcripts for all episodes can be found at thatsruddymysterious.wordpress.com. No apostrophe and no exclamation point. Today's tale is about Sir Charles Francis Hall. In 1845, the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror departed from England under the command of Sir John Franklin. Their mission was to traverse the last unnavigated sections of the Northwest Passage in the Canadian Arctic. The two ships carried 129 officers and crew. The ships became icebound in the Victoria Strait near King William Island. By April 1848, nearly two dozen of the crew had died, including Franklin, when the crew abandoned ships. Led by the Terror's second-in-command, Francis Crozier, and the Erebus's captain, James Fitzpatrick, the crew headed toward the Canadian mainland on foot. That's when they disappeared. It's thought they went to live with the local Inuit. Searches were mounted to find the crew of the two ships beginning in 1848, and some of them found some remains of the crew or relics from the ship. Charles Francis Hall was born in Vermont in 1821, but his family moved to New Hampshire early in his life, and that's where he grew up. He married in the 1840s and moved to Cincinnati in 1849. There, he started an engraving business and became interested in the Arctic. Hall was 39 years old in 1859 when one of the expeditions searching for Franklin and his crew found the bodies of two of the crew and some relics from Franklin's expedition. That's when Hall became convinced that he was destined to find survivors from the Franklin expedition. In 1860, Hall left on his first expedition to find the crew. The ship was a whaler by the name of George Henry, commanded by Captain Sidney O'Buddington. The George Henry reached Baffin Island, where it had to winter. While at Baffin Island, the local Inuit told Hall about relics from Martin Frobisher at Frobisher Bay. Hall went to inspect the relics and thought he found proof that some of Franklin's party were still alive. In 1862, the expedition returned home, having proved that what everybody thought was Frobisher Strait was actually a bay. In July of 1864, Hall departed on his second expedition to find survivors of Franklin's expedition. This time, he was on the whaler Monticello, again under Captain Sidney O'Buddington. This time, they went to King William Island, where they found artifacts and remains from Franklin's expedition. Hall listened to accounts of local Inuit and decided many of their stories were fabricated. The artifacts and remains proved that many in Franklin's party had starved to death. This left Hall disillusioned with the local Inuit because he thought they should have saved Franklin's party. He didn't consider the locals may not have had the resources to care for an additional 129 men. On July 31, 1868, Hall shot Patrick Coleman, who was an unarmed whaler and was part of his crew. Hall claimed Coleman was attempting a mutiny, but other whalers in the party said that Hall was angry that Coleman had interviewed some local Inuit without Hall's permission. Coleman died of his wounds two weeks later, and Hall expressed remorse at having shot him. He even tried to heal Coleman. Two days after Coleman's death, 
many of the other whalers deserted for other ships and Hall stayed with the Inuit. Hall was never tried for murder for killing Coleman. The Canadian government said the murder was under American jurisdiction, and the American government ignored it entirely. This expedition returned to America in 1869. The Polaris expedition set sail in July of 1871 after having received a $50,000 grant from U.S. Congress. There were 25 people aboard the Polaris, including Sir Charles Francis Hall as captain and Sidney O'Buddington as sailing master. George Tyson was the navigator. Emile Bessels was the physician and chief of scientific staff. There were also two Inuit families aboard. Almost immediately, the crew split into two rival factions. The Polaris quickly made it to the narrows between Greenland and Ellesmere Island, but then they had to turn back because of ice. They put into a shallow harbor to winter in September 1871. In October, Hall embarked on a two-week-long sledge journey to the north. Upon his return, he had a cup of coffee, then became violently ill. He was gravely ill for two weeks, paralyzed on one side and sometimes completely delirious. During this two-week period, he accused many of the officers of trying to kill him, including Emile Bissells. On November 8, 1871, Sir Charles Francis Hall succumbed to his illness and was buried ashore. After Hall's death, morale aboard the Polaris was terrible. Nothing was accomplished and the Polaris became damaged. In 1872, Buddington tried to sail the badly damaged Polaris southward. The Polaris would sail no more. It ran aground near Atta, Greenland. There it spent the winter before the crew were rescued by a whaler by the name of Ravenscraig. During a storm, the Inuit families became separated from the ship on an ice floe. The floe drifted for 1,300 miles in six months before the families were rescued by a sealer named Labrador. Upon their return to America, a Navy Board of Inquiry was assembled to investigate the death of Sir Charles Francis Hall. During the inquiry, Buddington was cleared of all serious charges. The investigation decided that Hall had died of apoplexy or stroke-like symptoms. A transcript of the investigation revealed that the Polaris expedition had been weakened by hostilities among the officers from the very beginning. It showed that Buddington drank heavily and fought with Hall frequently. It also revealed that Emil Bessels had also fought with Hall, but that he had also treated him. In August of 1968, scientists exhumed Sir Charles Francis Hall's body. They did a graveside autopsy that revealed that Hall had most likely died of arsenic poisoning. During the last two weeks of his life, he had received heavy doses of the poison. The autopsy couldn't be entirely sure, though, and even if the cause was arsenic poisoning, murder cannot be proved. Medicines at the time commonly included arsenic, and Hall had accused Bessels of trying to murder him, but Hall did not trust Bessels. Hall had and used his own medical kit, so it's just as likely he poisoned himself. There was one motive for Bessels trying to kill Hall, though. Both Hall and Bessels had been sending amorous letters to the same woman. What happened to Sir Charles Francis Hall? If he really died of arsenic poisoning, was it murder or an accident? Hall was certainly not getting along with his crew, so if it was murder, who was the perpetrator? What do you think?
Thanks for listening to today's episode of That's Ruddy Mysterious. I'm your host, Kelly with an I. Tune in next Tuesday for another thought-provoking tale.